Yo, what's good, everyone? Thank you for stepping to the coach's box. I'm your host, Coach JP3, joined by <clears throat> Coach Pace, Coach Murph, and Coach K. And man, we got a lot to go over. It's been some, some craziness going on over the last week. A lot to unpack here. Uh, so, but we're going to start with the one and only LeBron James breaking the NBA scoring record this week, uh, surpassing Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Uh, so something I never thought was going to be broken for sure. Uh, so a dope moment. But Coach, we're going to just talk about our reactions here. So Coach Pace, what was your reaction, uh, LeBron breaking the record? Um, really, I say it every week because, you know, he always hits for my parlays. But uh, in Brown, we trust because he definitely made me some money <laughs> as per usual. It was pretty much handing out free money as soon as I seen him in like the uh, what was it? Uh, the all black suit. I was like, oh, yeah, he burying this tonight. So, you know, all that free money I won, I appreciate it. But it was real cool to see all the stars out um, because they don't got much to cheer for in L.A. Uh, if we're being so all the stars being out, Denzel actually coming out for the first time was pretty cool to see. Um, I kind of laughed because they said uh, at the beginning of the game, when it happens, uh, if all the players run out on the court, they're just going to let it happen. I was like, mm, as soon as I seen it happen and like the refs didn't really stop the game, they just walked off the court. The players walked off the court. I was like, y'all really just had this set up like y'all knew this was going to happen tonight. There was a script tonight. There might not be a script most nights, but there was definitely a script tonight. Uh, so that was kind of cool. And then, um, you know, I thought I thought the whole ceremony was cool. I kind of turned muted everything when there was a speech because I didn't really care for the speech. But it was just good to see it all happen and come to fruition and, and stuff like that. So it was a good night for basketball. I don't think it was scripted, man. I, I just think it, it – Everybody knew what it was. I, I knew he was going to break the, the thing tonight because of the optics of it all. Do you want to – you're 36 points away. Do you want to get, like, 24 this game and 12 next game and beat the rec- like and beat the record in, like, the first quarter? <laughs> so it's just, like, it, what, it means a little bit more of, like, hey, he dropped, you know, 36-plus to beat the record. Um, but, I mean, everybody knew what it was. He came in with that mentality because you speak on his outfit – I don't know if you saw, but his headphones that he was wearing had the the record on top of it. It was a custom-made headphone. So he he came in with the intention. There was video clips of, uh, you know, Pat Bev pregame reporting LeBron in the locker room, um, asking him if he's going for the record tonight. He's kind of, like, chuckling about it. Like, everybody knew what it was. And then there was a clip, you know, like, around halftime where he was talking to his sons, and he was 16 points away. He was like, you know, eight each quarter. Then they was like, go for it. So, but it's a, it was, it's a great moment because, you know, you know, watching LeBron, you know, all of us watching LeBron in the NBA our whole lives, um, you know, you, you didn't, you never thought about, you know, the record until it was just like, oh, he's like a thousand points away, a couple hundred points away. And then it's just like, oh, so um, it was a dope moment. Um, I'm glad that they got rid of Thomas Bryant because he didn't understand what was going on, calling for the ball down in the post, <laughs> calling for the ball down in the post when literally, like, they passed the ball to Brian, and you know he was low key getting hemmed up a bit, so he passed it out 
And then they gave it back to him. Everybody is moving out the way because everybody understands what's about to go on. And this dude is over here posting up somebody calling for the ball. Like, like, come on. I think he just wanted to be in the photo for real, for real. But um, it was definitely a dope moment. I do got a question for you. Did y'all hear what um, Richard Jefferson had to say about it? No, what did he say? Um, He was mainly talking about the crowd because, like, literally everybody had their phones. And he was referring back to the Jordan shot where it's, like, what makes it so iconic is seeing everybody's face, uh, their facial reactions. But in bronze, it's just, like, everybody's holding their phone up. You probably see, like, you know, five five to ten faces <laughs> on, on it. So it's like, and I was like, that's that's kind of crazy. Like, I understand of like being there in the moment, um, but I I found that kind of interesting because you just see how you know life has evolved, and you'll never, um, you know, kind of witness a photo like Jordan's. You know, I don't think anything will really eclipse it because of not everything else is it's just like a bunch of bots out there. You just see a bunch of phones. Nah, that's true. That's true. I never thought about that. Yeah. And I'm trying to think what I would do. I, I definitely wouldn't have the phone up to my face. I would like have it to where I knew I was recording, but then I would be watching the actual court. You know, so I, that, I would try to, you know, balance that like that. Yeah, but there's that, but you got to also factor in, like, where you're standing. There might be somebody in front of you, somebody's hard. They're holding their phone up, and it's just kind of, like, cutting off, like, the mouth of you, and it's just, like, your eyes and stuff like that. Yeah. Like, it's, I don't know, it was just crazy. Because then I looked at the photo, and I was like, the photo is, I mean, the photo is dope, but just from the aspect of the court and the shot and you understand what's going on where like when you look at the Jordan photo you just can't help to see but you look at everything but you're just going to look at the shot when you see LeBron yeah I don't know Uh, that's good I didn't I didn't hear him say that so I'm glad you brought that coach coach K what are your thoughts um I mean it was it was just awesome to I mean it's just super cool just to see it happen in our lifetime you know, especially like, I mean, I feel like you just kind of watched it from start to finish, you know, seeing LeBron come in, you know, as the chosen one. And then, you know, kind of like to where, you know, to how it, how he progressed and got championships on three different teams. And it's all builds up to this to this moment. I mean, the argument is still I mean, it's kind of funny that. <laughs> the GOAT debate will always be between LeBron and Jordan and Kareem gets overlooked. And like, you can see Kareem was stressed out the entire game. Like (laughs) I feel like he just feels like he just has nothing else to nothing else to, I mean, I don't want to say nothing else to live for, but like nothing else to just kind of like, I mean, I don't even know if anybody's really going to care about him anymore for real. Like, I mean, because now that LeBron broke the record and everything, but I mean, it was cool to have watch it happen in real time. Um, you know, Jordan's always going to be my personal favorite, my personal go. But you know, um, it's just it's just really cool to see because um, I, I feel like I'm actually a part of that history just from you know watching LeBron's career from you know from start to where it is now. So it's cool to see. Yeah, it's going to be one of those like. You know, 20, 30 years from now, I was like, where were you when LeBron 
broke the scoring record. It's like, yeah, I was watching the game, saw that. Yeah. Yeah, Kareem, he could be hard to read sometimes because he did look like he was not 100% thrilled about that. Because this was, this was his thing that he could hang his hat on because he, he doesn't get appreciated by at least the last few generations uh, of fans, I would say, uh, to where they, they would never consider him to be one or two, uh, to your point, Coach K. And so I think but he could at least say, hey, nobody scored more points than me. And right. Then I looked at it and I was like, okay, well, maybe if I dig deeper, let's see how many games it takes. It took LeBron to do that. I was like, dang, and he got the record, like, in less games than Kareem did. And I know that Kareem wasn't a three-point shooter. He only shot one – he only made one three-pointer. Yeah, why? Yeah. Yeah. So I, I know that, that that helps score, you know, get to the score record faster by shooting the three-point. But it's not like LeBron is a – a marksman three-point shooter it's not like Steph Curry or something like that uh and the amount of time that he did it it is like well he was gonna get it anyway like you know regardless uh and just yeah just seeing him the pressure that was put on him in high school to come out and do that some of it was self-inflicted but a lot of it was media driven and mm-hmm. I mean dude's right up there like even even if people don't think he's the GOAT he they're still gonna put him up there like as one of the best players that ever played this game mm-hmm. and to see that that come and for us to be a part of that that you know that that's that's pretty dope i mean oh yeah i, I was gonna say like one thing that you know well i feel like no people will be able to say is like nobody was i don't think nobody's ever gonna be able to do like uh what lebron has done like the way he did it you know, with like being he'll he'll what finish what top three and assist all time, you know, top scorer and you know who knows and I don't know where he is on like rebounds, but ninety he has some ways to go on the rebound, but he could get top 40, 50 maybe. But isn't he like isn't he like top ten and steals too, top ten, top five, or something like that? Uh, I have looked that up. I thought he was further back than that, but um, I got, I just could have sworn I heard somebody said uh, said that. But I mean, by the end of his career, I mean he's gonna be you know the, the top of a, a lot of things. Um, but you know, I'm just glad I was able to to witness that moment, man. Yeah, mm-hmm. for real. Because yeah, he, he's number he's number nine in steals. Okay. Cause I was sitting here like, man, like this dude really got at least a couple years left in him. I mean, we're looking at over forty thousand points by the time he's done. Yeah, I think forty-one. Yeah, like, and I'm like, who's who's beating that? Like, it was hard enough to beat thirty-eight and some change, let alone forty-one thousand. It's going to be Cam Thomas. Cam, <laughs> Cam Thomas trying to do get thirty-eight thousand this season, like this. <laughs> Yeah. Oh. Man. But yeah, big up, big up to, to LeBron. You know, um, you know, it's just it's just dope to see that to see that happen and, and for us to be able to watch that and um see his story unfold. You know, we saw the good and the bad and the ugly of LeBron's career. Uh and it's been a lot of good, a lot of great. So and he's still playing. Um you know, 
the the big photo that you talked about, I thought that was very interesting. I'm gonna take another look at the photo so I can look at the, the fans and all the phones up. Yeah, the yeah other you, photo. you're gonna see like five to ten faces. Five to ten faces. <laughs> and the other photo was interesting was um, Anthony Davis still sitting down while everyone is standing up cheering for LeBron. Oh, so did y'all? Oh, yeah. oh my gosh! I heard what he said about that. Yeah. He said he would say he was too worried. He was like he was more so worried about the score and the game, not not the moment. And I'm and my head, I'm like, well, it's your fault. You was in there playing timid as hell, and then you want to sit here and talk about, oh, well, I'm worried about. You weren't worried about the game when you was when you was playing. Right, right, like oh. that. It just wasn't a good look. The optics are not good. It, you know, we we know him and Braun tight. You know, it, 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 whatever he did, he didn't mean to do it. It just it looks bad because that's the photo. Every last one of his teammates, every last person in that, in that arena was up on their feet cheering, and he's sitting down pouting. Like, uh, so I, I I like the fact that he's – and it's just like, well, we'll take that energy on the court. Because like you said, like, Russell Westbrook outplayed him, like, as far as, like, the Lakers that contributed that night, you know? And it's like – if Man, Rui, out, Rui outplayed him. Rui did too. So, I Yeah. Yeah, he he was getting – and you could tell he was frustrated on the court. Like, he was mentally out of the game. He was not fully present. He was, like, literally ball-watching at times. Like, we, we were talking about that one rebound in particular, bounced right in front, he just staring at the ball. Like, bro, go get the ball. Like, I don't know. But uh, – and, and, like, I know he was saying, like, about the score, but if I remember correctly, when he made that, they were only down, like, two or three. So yeah. it's not like they were down, like – 15 and he hit it and everybody's just getting hyped for the shot like not nah, the the game was still in reach and then you know they end up tying the game and then let them go on the run and guess when they went on the run who was on the court uh I think Anthony Davis and he still came how you sitting there pouting and at the end of the third quarter and come in the fourth quarter and still don't do nothing right right it's like bro y'all like shut up you should have just stayed sitting down on the side bro trash because I'm tired of him you should have went and got on the bike with Russ <laughs> for real go go in the tunnel and get on the bike man y'all some too i'm telling hey them light-skinned folks i'm telling you oh, 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 oh wait a minute yeah coach k and i object yeah, come on y'all know what it is every I, everybody I, I else, but the, the only people the only people pouting that day was russ and ad and last time i checked both light-skinned pat what pat had his phone out on, on the court oh, on the court <laughs> Uh, no, that that was it, yeah. I that's a good point. I because it didn't really make sense what he said. Like, it's, y'all have a whole other quarter of basketball. Like, and because right. I was going if it was a blowout, I was going to go to bed like after he got the record because I had to wake up early the next morning. So I'm like, let me go ahead and see him get this whenever he gets it. If the game's not close, I'm gonna go. Ahead. But I stayed up to watch the end of the game because it was still within reach. So it's like, what, what are you pouting for? Be mad at yourself. You know light skin. I told y'all, bro. Pat Bev was hooping with a phone in his pocket like like Ben Simmons just for that moment. And that dude sitting on the bench pouting, not contributing. Man. So we have, we have better representatives, man. Clay and, they, and stuff too. So they should have traded him to the Bulls. <laughs> Davis? Yes. Nah, uh, I was thinking because they need they would need a big. So I was thinking probably like 
Patrick Williams and Vucevic um, or like Vucevic, Kobe, and some some draft capital, or maybe all three of them. I don't know. Because uh, they don't want Vucevic. I don't want Anthony Dick. Well, they did the trade. If you don't want to don't do the trade. I mean, but you don't know that until after you get them. Like, yeah, you – like, sometimes you – I mean, look at the Nets. There's like, oh, we get to get Kyrie and KD and now and, – and James Harden. And then, then you look at the trade, you'd be like, dang. Yeah. Now I got to ship all of them on. I, uh, I'm still – to this day, I still can't get over to Barlow Scooser signing. <laughs> Listen, man, like 15 I, years ago. That was like 20 years ago. Care, it was all he was pooping when he was like when they signed him. Like he was averaging 20 yeah. and 10. He was absolutely. Yeah. What happened after that? Trash. <laughs> hey. Trash. You can't predict that. You can't really predict that. He yeah, was hooping. There's, no, there's only certain things you can predict. Like literally, like you could predict. Russ not working in with the Lakers. You couldn't predict that, though. I would have got rid of him after the first year. <laughs> <laughs> but that's a good segue to our next topic is all the movement that went down. Man, trade deadlines, stuff was crazy this year. Like the most movement we've seen in quite some time. A lot of big fish making moves. And a lot of reactions, especially in the Western Conference. So, you know, what are, what are y'all's thoughts on, you know, we got Kyrie, we got Russ, we got KD, and we got various others. What do you think about those big name trades? And overall, who were your winners and losers of the trades? Uh, the Bulls are the losers because they didn't do anything. <laughs> um, not to not to mention, not only did they not not only did they not do anything, but like in the buyout market, they have interest in Patrick Beverly and Russell Westbrook. I'm, I'm done. I have further comments for the rest of the segment. Poor Coach K. Yeah, I mean, I, I I'm kind of in the same boat. I mean, my my loser was was the Lakers, or not the Lake, but the the Heat, because uh, I mean they need bodies, they need something, and their name's been around everywhere. And the last thing I heard is the the buyout uh, market for for Russell Westbrook, which. I would love that would be a perfect fit for them because, you know, especially during the regular season, Jimmy Butler just likes to do little to nothing, just all the little things. So Russell be coming there like, because, you know, Kyle Lowry really ain't producing nothing. So he'd be like, Russell be like, shoot, I get the ball and it's pretty much me and Hero just doing stuff. He going he gonna to thrive there. And then, you know, come playoff time, that's when it'll get interesting. But um, – you know, winners, man. Like I, 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 I want to say the Lakers. Um, I, I will probably say the Lakers and, and probably, um, the Lakers, Clippers, and Warriors. Um, Warriors getting Gary Payton back. I feel like it's huge. Um, just what he can do on the defensive end, and he can also produce on offense. I love that they finally got rid of Wiseman, and I'm more so happy for Wiseman, uh, so he can start getting some consistent minutes uh, on the field uh, or on the court. And then we talked about them also freeing up money and that and that three team deal. I do love the Sadiq Bay pickup by by the Hawks. 
because um, he's a, a, a decent wing defender. I love the Bones Highland pickup uh, by the Clippers because they need a bucket like him. But um, that KD stuff, that's overrated. That's overrated. They're literally one injury away from crashing and burning in the first round. You you got D-Book, an old CP3, and Kevin Durant. D-Book always has hamstring problems, and CP3 always finds a way to get hurt in the, you know, in crunch time moments. And then, you know, KD, he'll, he's starting to get nicked up here and there. And in the West, the way everybody is stacking up and building up, um, I'm like, you, you can't do that. You get you get nicked and out for like two games in the playoffs. That's two games you can lose because y'all don't have any depth. I do like the package that the Nets got back. They're starting to build out and look like the team of old. Um, you know that we talked about that the, with uh, Spencer. D'Lo, Jared Allen, and them. I feel like they're slowly recreating that because, I mean, with getting Spencer back, getting Bridges, getting Cam Johnson, you see what Cam Thomas was doing. Um, all that is huge. And I love D'Lo back in L.A. Me too. I love that pickup. I was pushing. I, I was hoping that they ain't messed that up. But – I mean, we saw what he what he can do when he has opportunity. You saw that when he was with Brooklyn, and he's going to get that opportunity, especially with Westbrook out. So that's kind of how, how I feel about all the all the trades. Um, I think I'm more so happy with how certain players got moved around um, more so than the team, uh, the team aspect. Because, um, like you know, finally Cam Red is going somewhere that he can get minutes. I love the Raptors picking up Yaka Pirtle. That was huge. So it's going to be interesting, like, once people start getting accustomed after, uh, you know, All-Star Weekend. Coach Pace, what were your thoughts about the trade? Winners, losers? Um, I pretty much felt the same way. I thought uh... – the uh, pickup for Milwaukee of Jay Crowder was pretty impressive. Um, I, I thought, honestly, with the KD and uh, that whole trade, I thought, honestly, Brooklyn won a trade um, just in a long haul because I don't really – I mean, it looks good on paper, but we saw – we see a lot of things that look good on paper and don't really pan out, especially with old guys. Um and then, yeah, I think the Lakers got better. Um, I think uh, – I just don't like how everybody's looking at Russ as, you know, the problem. I'll never I'll never like it just because he was literally the second best player on the team and the most consistent when it came to effort and, you know, bringing teams back in, running the second unit, doing everything he needed to be asked. Um and keeping a positive attitude about it and still somehow, some way gets shafted in the whole thing. But I hope he goes to Miami in the grand scheme of things after the buyout. Uh, but yeah, I, I really don't have much to add. Just the Jay Crowder thing. Mm-hmm. And the Clippers are, I think the Clippers won more than anybody. Yeah. 
Now, do you all see um, Kyrie and Luca working out together? Oh. No. <laughs> uh, That's quick. <laughs> That's a quick no. I mean, the, define, define working, working out. Um, so, what they got to the Western Conference Finals last year, which is, yeah. like, do you see them getting back to that point or potentially to the finals? Um, this year, no. Um, it's kind of hard to say. I got to see a couple games under their belt because the the one thing that I feel like that helps in their benefit is Luca was doing it like you said by himself. So now you know Luca don't really got to tire himself out because he can be like you know Kyrie would be like I can take over and cook, cook up too. So now you're getting you know uh, a Luca that's pretty much like well he can easily pace himself throughout the game instead of just going all out every single minute he's on the court he can actually take breaks um and you know you have to double Luca you got to double Kyrie but now you can't do it to both so it's going to be interesting but you know all they're doing is pushing teams to to show up more offensively uh because you know they don't have a defense <laughs> anymore uh but um I I do believe they can can make it. I'm on a scale one to ten. I give them like a probably like a four or five. I'm I'm kind of 50 50 on them making it back. Why did you say no, Coach K? I don't know. I'm gonna need I'm gonna need me more of a litmus test to kind of see how they gel together. And I guess my biggest thing is who's going to defer to the other when it's like, you know, when it comes to like a critical, you know, game winning shot or if it's like the last two minutes of the game, like who's actually going to take over? Mm -hmm. Because Luca's just coming into his own. I don't really see him like deferring to Kyrie, even though Kyrie has that experience. And, and, and you know, he's been balling this year, too. Mm -hmm. But I just I don't know. I just feel like if I if I'm. If I'm a young superstar, like, why should I defer to, you know, somebody else, you know, when I can, you know, I mean, obviously, yeah, you got somebody else that can, that can get buckets too, and it takes the pressure off, but at the same time, I'm looking at those critical moments, and I, I just don't see Luca deferring, and I think that's going to cause, cause some issues too. Yeah, that's true, because it's, because you saying that, you know, Kyrie has never been in a position like this before. He was the man in the cat with the Cavs before Bron came along. But when Bron came, you know, in those late game situations, Bron is, you know, he he's going for the best play, not like, hey, I'm the guy, I'm gonna take the right. shot. You go to the Boston Celtics when they're young, so you're Grant, you're the guy there. You go to the the Nets where KD, he's just like, if the ball finds me, it finds me. So this is the first time he's with somebody that's just like, you know, I don't have to pass you the ball and I want the ball. Yeah. So, um, and also with it's being his team, it's more so Kyrie adjusting to Luca versus Luca adjusting to him. So we'll, we'll see how that goes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't see them getting back to the Western Conference finals. Um, so I don't think they'll not as currently constructed. Now, of course, next year, you know, that they get like another piece or something like that, perhaps. But nah, I, I think they have an uphill climb 
Uh, they already had that before Kyrie got there, and I still think they have one um, with Kyrie. But I think that they'll do – they'll be a really good regular season team that's going to give you a bunch of highlights because they're both so gifted and talented. Um, but I don't think it's going to amount to much postseason success, at least not what they had last year. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm with y'all on the, the Clippers. I give them like a B. Because it would have been nice for them to get a, like an actual point guard that could distribute the ball. <laughs> they would have been – that's the that's the piece that they're missing. But we'll see. I, they still got some good talent. They left better than, you know, they came into the uh, – uh, uh, last week. So, I like them. I like the um, – yeah, I don't know why Denver got rid of Bones Highland. I thought that was pretty stupid on their part. Uh, I think they're going to miss him in the playoffs. I think it's – I think it's – I think it's his value is he's because I feel like he he has starter potential and but you know he's not going to start off over Jamal Murray so you were going to have to move him eventually true um and yeah I agree with y'all the Lakers definitely got better um I think those guys uh, I mean that's another competition for the Mavericks honestly is is the Lakers my is is going to be on the upswing too, so we'll see what happens there. Uh, the Sun, the the KD, I, I I can't wait to see them all play together. Uh, I think it could work because if Chris Paul's usage goes down because they have KD, uh, then hopefully it keeps him healthy there, and he's not the one that has to take the shots and score the points because he was the one getting the blame for coming up short because he was having a bad shooting night or stuff like that, or turnovers, he wouldn't have to worry about that as much. There's less pressure on him there. Uh, so hopefully that's the way it plays out, because I'd like to see that team um, succeed, you know, because I've been wanting yeah. to get a ring for a while now. So maybe this is his chance here. I don't know. I think – yeah, Oh, sorry. Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, I hope, I hope to see them succeed too. I'd like to see him get, at least, you know, make it to the Western Conference Finals again. And that's, I think, as far as they'll go. They got rid of all their defenders, though. Yeah, exactly. They got rid of Bridges. Did, and, did, didn't, um, didn't CP3 just get cooked the other day? Yes. <laughs> like, come on, man. And D Book ain't guarding nobody, and KD's a help defender. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's going to be the interesting point, all right? You know, Phoenix is going to have to be – they're going to have to play aggressive basketball, I think, so where teams will have to – they're trying to keep up with Phoenix uh, instead of Phoenix going in like, all right, we're going to lock this team down because that's definitely not going to happen. Yeah. But a few a few takeaways before we transition uh, to football. Yeah, this whole thing, this whole Nets foolishness that, that, that just happened and unfolded and blew up in front of our very eyes. Um. That and and a company with some other things, you know, like I I was it, it got me thinking about stuff um, because they going back to LeBron James, one of his marks on the game is people talking about him empowering players and stuff like that player movement. So yes, that has been his effect on the game, but it has not been effective in the game. The people that are actually being more bold and trying to determine their own movements and, and, and create these teams, 
Like, really, who's benefited from that outside of LeBron? KD. KD to the Warriors. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's about it. Like, everybody else who's trying to team up and everything, it hasn't worked. And, and, And that includes LeBron James in that, too. So... I, you, I just, I just kind of said it made me think like, yeah, he's helping, he's he's encouraged players to be more bold and determine their movements, but I think these players have quickly find out, found out, a, they're not LeBron James, b, they must make calculated decisions, and a lot of these players are making emotional decisions, not calculated decisions, and c, it's not about playing with your friends all the time, and LeBron is finding that out found that out with the Russell Westbrook situation. And so they're like, well, you know, LeBron with, with D-Wade and, and they got Bosh over there and everything like that. It, so, it, yeah, that's that's the move. And then you see KD and Kyrie pair up. You see others, you know, trying to do that. Nah, like that worked for him in that situation. But every other opportunity after that, he's failed with that mindset. When you try to get Wade back on Cleveland, when you're trying to get Carmelo in L.A., when you try to get Russ in L.A., that failed. That failed. So you could – so he's had successes and challenges, and so replicating that, it's like, nah, you're going to miss sometimes. Like, you can't just be playing with your friends all the time. Uh, players need coaching. The Nets found that out the hard way. <laughs> they, 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 they ended up, fi- you know, firing the, the coach that was there. They got Steve Nash, had to fire him. And, and then all of this, and and they're all, oh, you know, let's bring DeAndre Jordan in there. You know, we, we ballers, we don't need coaching. We don't need coach. Oh, how did that work out for you? And the organization is partially to blame for that, too, because they let they let the students run the classroom, so to speak. And Joe, Joe Sy is a good businessman, but he don't know much about basketball. No. <laughs> and that's what you were saying, Coach K, in our chat. No. <laughs> It, um, yeah, it's it, it's like you got to know the game, too, if you want to, like, play this game. And so, yeah, yeah, I, we were talking about one of our chats and Coach Wake Up and Coach K chimed in on that. I mean, he just gave away – well, he gave away Kyrie – gave Kyrie away for, like, a, a couple sticks and, and a brick. Yeah. It, I mean, what kind of brick we talking about? You know, those <laughs> You can come up on that. You can get a couple of draft picks off them. Uh, a, a building block brick, uh, a construction brick. <laughs> uh, and then lastly, you got to be all in to get the results that you want. And I think we've seen players not be all in on things uh, and not face adversity well. And if there's one thing LeBron has done well, it's even when he's made mistakes and his team made mistakes, he's able that he's able to navigate adversity pretty well because he may get his friends on, but if his friends ain't balling, then they're gone. Right. Part of the business. You still my boy, but this ain't working. So that I think players need to look at the bigger picture uh, and, and, and really be more strategic, be more intelligent about their movement and how they decide to navigate their careers and front offices have to have that balance between. Oh, yes. Yeah, get your, yeah. Yes. It's okay to have your star players input, but at the end of the day, 
you're signing their checks. So you, you have to find that balance between getting player input, but ultimately it's your decision to make. And there are times where you just need to say no and put your foot down. And that's what the Lakers are doing with LeBron now because they say, all right, he got rest. This was a mistake. So yeah. Yeah. Kyrie, this, you know, and you notice how the Nets treated Kyrie and KD differently. KD got to go where he wanted to go. They're like, you know what, KD, when you've been on the, you've been doing your thing, bro. And you've been the least of our issues here. So yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll go ahead and trade you to the Suns. But Kyrie, oh, you trying to go to the Lakers? <laughs> okay, that's cute. Now nah, we're sending you to Dallas where we know it's not going to work out. We know you don't want to be there. So, do, you, do you think they also did that in pettiness, knowing that the the Suns and the Mavs got a rivalry? <laughs> I wouldn't put it past them. Because it's like, listen, because they because remember when we talked about this last week, and I was like, before I trade Kyrie, I'm going to KD and like, yo, or do I need to trade you or not? And then I think in this case, the way things turned out, I think they had an idea like, okay, we're going to move KD, but we're just not going to make it a big thing um, and just say like, hey, he's available. And then they're just like, you know, we know you want to go to the sun. So let me just send this guy to the Mavericks. (laughs) (laughs) But I thought, wasn't there, I thought there was some interest because there was somebody in the Dallas organization that knew Kyrie or was like, I don't know if they were close to him or something. But they 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 picked him up with the thought that they might be able to sign him long term. Yeah, yeah, but but that the Nets would still have to be the determining factor. Like, yeah, you can have a relationship and think you can re-sign him, but at the end of the day, I have to send them to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hey, but what do y'all think about before we go to football? Because I mean, this boy Kyrie. What do y'all think about his comments, man? I think he's been doing ayahuasca with Aaron Rodgers because that boy is like, he's like, I, I did everything I think, you know, I was supposed to do there. And I'm glad that KD could, I was able to get out of it. You brought him there. Yeah. 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 I've never you brought him there. Yo, know, I mean, I, they, they put that man's face on the newspaper and gave him a checklist of everything that he did. Yeah. I've never. They were treating that man like, like he was a uh, <laughs> trash, pretty much. Because the interesting part, and earlier this week, Stephen A. and Jay Williams got into it on first take over Kyrie Irving. You know, and, and so it's like I understand. Yes, with the whole um, comments on the documentary. Amazon need to needs to take that down, and the, the the powers that be that put that up there allowed that to go up there need to be held accountable. We get that, but that still doesn't absolve Kyrie of what he did at the end of the day. So I, I look at it in terms of like if you want to be treated with a level of respect, you also have to earn that respect so let's think about how many times you disrespected your organization like if you just don't show up for a couple weeks without telling your employer is that respect expect respecting the nets is that respecting your employer no 
And ultimately, yes, it is your right to choose whether you want to get to the vaccine or not and everything like that. But still, they're paying for someone who could only play part of the season now. So they're not getting their money's worth with you. And with all this stuff, now all of a sudden you decide to play hard basketball, but you're in a contract year. So then it comes off as disingenuous. Like, so they're struggling to know where Kyrie's heart is because of the previous things that have happened. So it's like when you mess up, people question every other move that you make after that. That's that's all. That's my question. Listen, Jay, Jay will <laughs> he literally right. made all he <laughs> he made no sense. He nah. made no sense at all because what you're telling me is this he's like, well, because I understand he's like, oh, well, you know, everybody got on Kyrie, but nobody's going to, but nobody was getting on Jeff Bezos. Do you think that every single thing that gets posted on Amazon is getting ranked? Like Jeff Bezos is spending his time looking at every single thing. Like, yeah, let's put that up. Let's put, no, that got put up by somebody in the organization. He didn't say like, yeah, let's, I've seen this movie. I approve it. Or I heard about it. I approve it to be on there. It just, it, that you have people that work for you and then he's over here like well you know shut it all down for me is when Stephen a said yeah you're right so you're blaming the the nets for trusting in him right right man that's uh, it it's just like i'm i know your history but i'm assuming you're going to be better now jay will saying oh it's your fault for trusting trusting that he wouldn't do stuff like this like you're talking out both sides of your mouth man to be honest i kind of hope jay will gets caught up in some kind of scandal and gets like fired off espn i'm tired of seeing that man anytime he opens his mouth to something stupid listen i i want to i can't say what i said in the group chat when after that conversation but um (laughs) Y- y'all, y'all know how y'all know how I feel. What what I thought when that whole thing went down. Yeah, cause he he doesn't appear to be. Can I say JP three? Would I would I get canceled? The, don't don't say it. Um, <laughs> but um, <laughs> he always takes the player's side, always. And it's like I understand that there are, are times where that is true where organizations have taken advantage of players, they've done players wrong, stuff, media's been unfair to play. I get that. I get that. But every situation, Jay, that that's the card that you pull. And it's like, bro, you got to be objective and take a step back and look at what Kyrie has done as well to has he earned the respect of the Nets. And sure, the Nets have part of the blame pie too. But at the end of the day, you signed a contract saying that you were going to do this and this was the expectation and you didn't follow through on your end. And if you, and, and Kyrie's saying that the Nets disrespected them, but they gave him and, and KD everything that they wanted. It just didn't work. So how is that disrespectful if I'm giving you what you want? So I, I don't know. I don't know. So there's blame pie to go around, but I, I just thought that whole back and forth was unnecessary between him and Stephen A. So, but anyways, uh, Super Bowl. 
We got a game coming up on Sunday. Got a big game. Yeah, kind of a big deal, right? So yeah. last week we we didn't cover it too much. So I want us to kind of dig a little deeper uh, and and talk, you know, talk about our predictions. <laughs> what do we expect to see on Super Bowl Sunday? So coaches, take it away. Listen, man, you are not here in my city right now. Oh boy. We live with Rihanna just touched down. Hey, KD tell her I'm just on my way. Down. Tell her I'm on my way. Um, you know, shout out to shout out to the squad. But this is what's gonna happen, man. Philly gonna win. All right. Philly gonna win about, you know, after pondering on it, they're gonna win about by like 10 points. I'm and, and what I'm sick of is all the disrespect from all the teams that we beat, you know, Brandon IU talking trash, Julian Love talking trash, all these people just like talking like, well, you know, it's Pat Mahomes, it's Pat Mahomes. I understand it's Pat Mahomes, but also that was Pat Mahomes when he was facing the Bucks, running for his life. And last time I checked, this Philly defense is better than that Buck, Bucks defense to me. I would say that they, I give them the edge. Yeah, like I will give them the edge on linebackers, but our I feel like our front and our secondary is better. Mm. So, um, you, the, the, the Chiefs don't have a running game. We got the number one, you know, we got the best running game in the league, the number one O-line in the league. I just feel like, you know, all, all I'm hearing, everybody's comeback is that, it's Pat Mahomes. But I'm just like, y'all talking about a player. I'm talking about a team. Right. A whole team where that every team that they hyped up that was coming, that had to face us next, we dismantled them and made it look easy. And then it's automatically like, oh, well, you know, they, they weren't all that anyways. Like, y'all wasn't saying that last week. Mm-hmm. And then they're saying Pat Mahomes is hard to beat. So Philadelphia ain't hard to beat. Right. They talking about exposing our defense, the second best defense in the league. Our offense exposed the best offense in the league. But the people forget, like, we got an offense too. So I'm just sick of it, man. I was humble. Felt like it was going to be a good game. But now I'm going to talk my shit, man. We about to just drag them. I'm sick of the disrespect. And I know Philly is too. And shout out to my boy Jalen Hurts because you know they'll be here talking about you know th- them not thinking he was going to be a, a NFL quarterback. And he said, "I had an agenda before y'all had an opinion." Mm. I like that. Come on, man, that's a bar. He a rapper too. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Coach Murphy's better. He take it all this personally. <laughs> yeah, because like you try to be humble, you like you know you, oh, it's it's MJ, right? a good game. It's, it's, it's Andy Reid and, you know, Pat Mahomes, Travis Kelsey. They also was the number one team in the AFC. But now I'm just like, all right, y'all just – so Philly's just a team that, that just got there by luck, I guess? Okay. Hey, Coach, okay. Coach Murph, are you, uh, are you doing this – doing the Zoom call on an iPad right now? Nah, nah, I'm, I'm on my phone. I'm on my phone. Well, what, what's up? No, nah, I was just imagining you sitting there with like MJ was with, uh, watching the 
<laughs> Watching the Gary Payton interview on it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, ain't nobody worried about the Chiefs. <laughs> he, he was it was a he wasn't slowing me down, man. I just had a lot on my mind. <laughs> no, we about, to, we about to bro, I'm about to get a cigar. Hold on. Man. <laughs> <laughs> now play my theme music. <laughs> oh, snap. all right. Uh, let's go to uh, Coach Pace. What What are you thinking for uh, the Super Bowl? Your predictions and what do you expect to see? Like I said before, man, I got Philly by six to ten points. Um, I don't. I don't. I just. I think the. I think you know. Everybody will get off like the usual chief suspects will get off. Mahomes will have over 250, um, a touchdown or two, but he'll have like one or two turnovers, costly turnovers. He'll get hit a lot. Kelsey will have 10 for like 90 and a touchdown. Everybody else will have like 40 yards or less. Uh, Pacheco is an outlier. Don't know what he's going to do. Um, but yeah, I think. You know, uh, the more physical team is going to win, and it's going to show. And I, I don't – I'm just not hyped for the Super Bowl because I'm like, this is an easy dub. Sorry. Not sorry. Coach K, I'm worried about the Chiefs being able to stop the running game, especially in short yardage situations. Uh, I'm relying on the players – the star players for the Kansas City Chiefs to be able to get the job done. I have no idea what the score will be, but I think it would probably be somewhere in the neighborhood of like man. I'll say like 38-32, something like that. Chiefs. I'm just going all hard on this one. I ain't, I ain't got nothing else. I have no logical reason. I'm just Coach K is rooting for the Chiefs because he's sitting here with a Cowboys jersey on right now. Man, but the only thing, well, true, and <laughs> but also like when we've seen Mahomes, even like so Mahomes has been to the Super Bowl. This will be his third time, and I feel like I I don't know like. I feel like he never plays, like, big time. Yeah, I haven't seen him play big time, like, you know, on the the grandest stage of them them all yet. So that also worries me. But, I mean, we'll see. Man, I've I've been struggling between head and heart on this one. Uh, Overall, I really don't care who wins because I'll be happy with, with, with either team winning. Honestly, um, but I got I got Philly by four in this one. Mm. Uh, I think it'll be more of a like a you know a, a twenty eight twenty four type of game, perhaps. Um, I I think I, I agree, Coach Pace. I think Kelsey going to get double digit catches. I think he has to for them to be even a little effective. So. You know, 10 for like a buck 20 or something like that, buck 15 uh, and a touch. I think Pacheco would get about 
70, 75 yards on the ground. Um, I'm worried about the other receivers, though. I don't think they're MVS may be able to get a, a big play or two uh, just because of, of his speed. He might be able to get behind the defense. Um, but, you know, you got you to gotta, you gotta hit the play. You know, so, like, it, I don't think it will be consistent. He might get a play or two. Um, yeah, I, I think what's going to happen is, is I, I play very close attention to the narratives I play here. And, and, and building off of what Coach Murph said uh, about people disrespecting Philadelphia, especially like their former their opponents and stuff like that, former opponents. I think it's going to have the effect that the Cincinnati Bengals doing all their talking did with their game against the Chiefs. So though your opponent, though in this case, the opponent's not the one talking trash, a lot of other people are. And I think Philly's like, all right, well, we just going to take it out on Kansas City then. We know they ain't doing the talking, but we're going to take it out on them because the 49ers disrespecting us, the Giants disrespecting us. Now you got um, analysts talking about how great Patrick Mahomes is and he's going to be the difference and all that kind of stuff like that. Okay, cool. We'll see you on Sunday. I think that's the mentality they're coming in with. Uh, they're a quiet team externally. They don't talk a lot, but best believe that they are t- keeping tabs on everything that's being said. Uh, yeah, I, I, I don't think the Chiefs are ready for that because they're such a physical team. The Chiefs are not a physical team. Uh, they're more finesse, but more of a finesse team anyway. So Philly by four. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't know, man, but I, I just hope it's a good game. I just hope it's a good game. It'll be a good game. Well, it could be Bucks against Bucks against Chiefs or Broncos against against the Panthers. As long as Philly is on the the winning side of both of those, <laughs> I'm, it's a good game regardless. That Forty ers game was a good game to me. <laughs> Same with the Giants game. So it's a good. You better learn how to enjoy a blowout. Man, it's a good thing that y'all didn't play Dallas in the conference game because. We hung 40 points on y'all's head last time we played y'all. Y'all can't even y'all can't hang up 20 <laughs> on the 49ers. And, and the 49ers didn't hang up 10. So, like, what are we talking about? <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, like, uh, couldn't put up, couldn't put up. Come on, bro. You couldn't even put it. Well, how much I put up? 12? <laughs> y'all put up 12 on the 49ers and talking about we yeah. y'all talking about 40 points in a regular season and this is the playoffs and missed the extra point yep i still missed the extra yeah. uh but yeah i i just yeah i just want to see it guys a football fan i just want to see a good game i want to see, see these guys go at it i i disagree with some of the analysts out there though that are talking about Jalen hurts needs to have the better game to be able to win this. I don't think he does. Uh, I think he has luxuries that Patrick Mahomes does not. I think Patrick has to be great in this game for them to have a chance to win it. I think Jalen, as long as he's not turned the ball over a bunch or, you know, of course, anything like that, but he doesn't have to put up any gaudy numbers. He could have 
you know, a decent pass day and just be effective running the ball. Doesn't have to accumulate to a lot of yards, but if he's getting those first downs, if he's keeping his team on the field after a third and short, like, then that's what's going to matter most and keeping Mahomes on the bench while they're milking the clock using their running game and getting touchdowns instead of field goals. I mean, he doesn't have to have crazy numbers in order to do that. And then he can rest on his defense to be able to make some plays too. So Mahomes doesn't have that luxury. Yeah, but let's say let's keep it a buck, man. A man could he could have 185 passing yards and one TD and win the game. I mean, against the 49ers, he didn't throw any touchdowns. Right. <laughs> he just ran for him. Like it's like he and he's been playing like that all season. It's not like he was just, you know, airing it out and putting up better passing numbers than every team that he faced. It was just like, hey we hot in a run game right now. We just going to put, we going to put that on you. Y'all got the best O-line in the league. I don't have to air it out to y'all. And when I do, I got A.J. Brown, Goddard, and Devontae, and, and Gainswell, and, and Sanders can catch it from, from the backfield. You got Quez Watkins with the speed that can beat you over top. Like, we basically, like, the, the passing game is secondary to us. Yeah, and I I don't know if y'all watched some of the film. We talked a little bit about last week how the threat of Jalen Hurts freezes the linebacker, freezes the linebackers, you know, and 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 uh, really slows down their pursuit to the ball because they got to keep an eye on Jalen. But also, you notice in that game that they really didn't block Nick Bosa. No, they just had, they let him come, they let him come around the edge, and they just ran the opposite direction. And, and, and he and he was getting hemmed up by Jordan Mulata. Yeah. And we were like, oh, he's big. I don't know, know much about you know about him now. Defensive yeah. player of the year. So, you know, I'm, I'm thinking about the Chiefs defensive line and Jones and stuff like that. It's like, you know, he's the one person that could really disrupt things. But if Bosa couldn't do it, I don't know if Jones is going to be able to do it either because – they don't have to block him on every play. They could just run the opposite direction, let him over pursue and make him have to make a choice. Are you going to go for Jalen? Are you going to go for the running back? And I mean, it, Jones, he, he gets used so like more so in the middle and uh, for pressure. So now we're talking like the one thing you don't want to do is have Jalen break the pocket. So now if you, if your best chance of getting pressure is up the middle and he all he has to do is roll out and he has AJ Brown on one side, Devontae Smith on the other side. It's not like and y'all got a bunch of like rookie secondary players. Like, come on now, what, what are we talking about? And Miles Sanders is a decent blocker. Mm-hmm. So even if they need to go max protect and then he chips him, like we're we're good. We we neutralize. The defensive player of the year. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so y'all dangerous, man. I think I think the Chiefs are gonna be the um the victims of a lot of disrespect that other people placed on the on the Eagles. Um but yeah, so we'll see. We'll be here to cover it next week and talk about what happened. Yeah. Uh go ahead, Coach K. I just wanna add one thing. Uh, I wasn't able to make the show last week, but I want to give a shout out to Tom Brady. Um, 
I appreciate your contributions to the to the NFL, um, the game of football, and I'm just glad that his last game was a loss to the Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> Oh my God. That was y'all Super Bowl right there. Well, <laughs> that's the only thing I got. <laughs> y'all got to hang your hat on. Y'all ended tonight. Y'all got the Walter Payton of the year. Oh, yeah, that's right. Off the field. <laughs> no, on the field, too. He was giving, he was giving back to all the defenses. The <laughs> average yeah, a touchdown. I mean, a, well, pick six for like what, three games in a row or something like that? Pretty much. Oh, uh, we wanted to squeeze this in a little, but we have to spend too much time. Boy, giving, giving gifts, giving contracts, making. Uh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, but I don't know how many out there got a chance to uh, check out the Pro Bowl uh, festivities last week, but uh, I personally thought it was pretty cool. You know, they changed a lot of things up. Uh, I like the competitions that they had, the the catch competitions, uh, and then and including the linemen in it and getting everybody involved, the dodgeball, um, you know, the quarterback targeting, you know, the targets and stuff, uh, and having those three flag football games where they rotate, you know, some players in. I I I found myself enjoying it, so I I think the NFL might have found something. And hopefully they continue to to build on it. But uh, others who had a chance to watch it, what did y'all think? I loved it. I I, I love like the, it. Remind me of like the the Pro Bowls of old when they because like of course they still had you know the AFC NFC games, but um, they catered more to you know the the little mini games in between that. I feel like it was real dope. Um, I think it helped a lot also having, you know, coaches, uh, Eli and Peyton. Um, and then I, I love the the flag football aspect. Like, I I mean, it just just make it fun. Because before it was just like you will. I mean, the Pro Bowl just wasn't watchable in the past. Because it's just like, okay, we're just watching this game. They did everything like, oh, what if we draft the players and stuff like that? But it's just like. At the end of the day, if y'all don't want to play, I don't want to play. Mm-hmm. But now, you know, you get to see a lot more personality. Um, I don't know. It, it just was a good feel. It just felt like, you know, people getting together, playing football at the park. You know, that's what it just felt like. And I loved it. That's one thing that the NBA has that the NFL does, and it's just that personal touch uh you know sometimes unless it's like a really big star player you don't even know what the player looks like kind of you know what i'm saying like mm-hmm. seeing what their helmets on and everything so this really personalized it for the for the fan base i agree with that and so that, it was just nice to see that and people just clowning around and and, and just having a good time but yeah it reminded me of going to the park or backyard football or all that kind of stuff so it was it made it very relatable to the fans and shout out to Derek carr for lighting it up yeah, he did. He lit it up. And shout out to to Perk Cousins, as as Coach Pace likes to refer to Kirk Cousins as, as Perk yeah. Cousins. He found came Perk. in the clutch at the end. Yeah, the only championship he gonna win. How did Tyler Huntley get in there though? Boy, <laughs> <laughs> Tyler Huntley played four more games than we did, and somehow made a Pro Bowl. <laughs> I mean, I, huh? Yeah. Hey, he was he was lighting it up in that that flag football game though. Yeah. He looked like he needed to be I hope there. So. 
Nothing for me in Pro Bowl, though, like, nothing's going to – like, I still think of, like, that shot, that hit that Sean Taylor put on uh, – I forget forget who it was, but, like, that Pro Bowl, like, that's, that's Pro Bowl to me. I mean, this is a good substitute, but I want to see him play the game for real. I'm old school, though. Yeah. And how, how do y'all feel about uh, you know, th- this talk of possibly Carr ending up with the Saints? I like that. I like that. How you feel about that, Coach Pace? Um, I like it a lot, just because uh, they have the defense. Uh, Olave's there. Um, they have a pretty good tight end if they keep him. Kamara's there. They still got Taysom Hill, whatever he does. He just plays football. He's not really, like, anything on offense. Um, and I don't know if he's going to come back. I, at this point, I'm not banking on it, but they have some weapons outside of him. But if Mike Thomas can somehow get his life together and I don't know if it's management or whatever he has against, you know, the staff at in New Orleans – they could somehow get that man back on the field. Lord Jesus, with their car, they might be on to something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I, I feel like that NFC North would be easy to take over. Yeah, yeah. Because what the NFC South is the Panthers, the Saints, the Bucks, and the um, Falcons. Falcons. Yeah. Brady being gone, that's taking, that takes the Bucks out. Uh, yeah, Ryder, that'll be the starter for the Falcons. And, and the Panthers will really be his only competition. Yeah. And, and they will have a, a, a new coach and Sam Darnold. <laughs> or whoever they decide to go with. How is he still? Uh, more, so, more so the new coach because they kind of messed it up with not re-signing the old one. Well, the interim coach, they messed it up bad. I agree. I'm glad he got a job, I mean, it, even though it's a coordinator position. I wanted to see him be a head coach because I, I agree, Coach Bates. He earned that. He earned the right to be. Yeah, like racism. Yeah, he he. They messed that up so bad. It's like so. You got a guy that the city loves, the players love, and that took your team from one and four and actually made you competitive in your. While y'all was getting rid of players. Why y'all mm-hmm. got rid of your, your best player and had a carousel of quarterbacks? And you get rid of that guy? Like, come on. Anyway. All right. So, Coach Pace, Coach Murph, we trying to get some money this weekend. Who we need to be putting our money on? Go ahead, Coach Pace. Uh, well, we did the Super Bowl one last week. Yeah, I must say, nothing has really changed. Um, I would take the Philly spread. I would, you know, the Miles Sanders. Yeah, if you really want to win some money, I would take the Miles Sanders and Jalen Hurts touchdown. And um, Demarce, you said the under. And, yeah, so I would take the under on the points. Yeah, nothing really yeah. Nothing's really changed. Yeah, it's Super Bowl, baby. So the the, the that's just going to be the the same for me. I could because I was just I completely forgot because I was like the Super Bowl. 
that's the only thing I have my eyes on. So, mm-hmm. and they don't, I don't have any of the uh, future. I don't think they have the future basketball one, but yeah, because they typically do that by the day. So you know, yeah, lock in on lock in on that that Super Bowl, man. But we'll get we'll have something nice for you next week. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Well, that's that's it from us here on the Coach's Box. We appreciate y'all tuning in. Enjoy the Super Bowl on Sunday, and y'all know we're gonna talk about it next week right here on the Coach's Box. Y'all stay blessed and stay safe, y'all. Peace. <laughs>